You ready? I'm Lisa. And I'm Kelly. And this is Bad at Boundaries, the podcast where we share personal stories about setting boundaries, healing, and growing into the people we want to be. Get ready to laugh, sigh, and draw the line with us. Super easy first take. Oh yeah, by the way, speaking of Taylor Swift, where were you when you heard the news? Ooh. Describe to me the exact scenario. I was getting ready to go to my friend's birthday, <laughs> and I was already barely on time when you texted me. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so then I was laying on my bed doing some investigative journalism on TikTok, <laughs> a.k.a. the least reliable news source ever, um, and I had to text my friend, who is also a Swifty, and I was like, yeah. this is why I'm late. So, okay, painting a picture. Um, so I'm like sitting, I'm like in full relaxation mode. Sorry, for the listeners who aren't Swifties, there's a rumor going around, unconfirmed by the two people involved, that Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn broke up. No, I think they confirmed it today in People Magazine, which Taylor's team has contacts at People, and there Mm. were like quotes from an inside source, so I'm like, I'm kind of inclined to believe it, personally. But she's also written songs like... Lavender Haze and I Know Places. But I keep watching the TikToks where it's just like an in-depth analysis of Midnight's and it's just, it's slowly driving me insane and I, I'm fully aware it's none of my business. I'm fully aware. I like, I have no right to know. Here's my theory though. When she drops something new, it comes out on midnight on a Thursday. Tomorrow is the 13th and she still has a bunch of re-recordings to drop. So this would be an excellent PR move. It would be. It would be. Okay. And I just, until Uh, I can ask someone directly to their face, which will never happen here. No, no, it will. Maybe one day. (laughs) Taylor Swift, tell us the answers. Yeah, 10-year plan, meet Taylor Swift. Right. Oh, my God, five-year plan. I'm going to make it happen just by sheer force of will. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, let me paint you the picture, because this does have something to do with our topic today. Today, we're going to be talking, we'll be drawing the line, both of us, I don't think it's any one person, but about, like, friendships post-breakup, because I feel like... We were all rooting for Joe Alwyn, and, like, I feel kind of let down and, like, devastated. Like, okay, so when I found out, I was, don't listen to this, Mom, I had just taken an edible, and mm-hmm. had, it had just kicked in, mm-hmm. and I was, like, chilling, vibing. I'm pretty sure I was, like, doing stuff for the podcast. Usually when I'm, like, a, a little having a good time, that's when I do, like, all my editing and everything um, for, like, podcast designs. And John just looks up at me. I'm sitting at the dining room table. He's on the couch. And I hear him gasp. I'm like, oh Wait, my God, did what? John find out before we John did? John found out. He was the <laughs> first of us to know. And I hear him gasp. And he's just like, oh, my God. And I'm like, oh. And I'm thinking his grandma's dead. His grandpa's dead. Like, something bad has happened. And he's just like, oh, I don't, I don't know how to tell you this. Like, I don't know how to tell you this. And I was like, you're freaking me out. And, of course, I'm like, also on an edible. So I'm like, <laughs> are you fucking with me? Like, what's going on? And he's like, Taylor Swift and Joe, like, they broke up. And I was yeah. just like, and I was sitting there, I was like, for a second, no, that's, they never would. Like, we all know, like, paper rings, paper rings, like, come yeah. on. And then finally, John's like, no, and he walks over and shows me the article. And it was such a misplaced reaction, but I literally felt like, you ever have that feeling where your friend breaks up with, like, a dude or a person, their partner, and you're just like, fuck, I'm really going to miss, like, hanging out and, like, vibing with this guy. 
That was my exact feeling. I have mixed feelings because sometimes it feels weird to me how invested we get in celebrity lives. It is completely inappropriate. It's totally a parasocial relationship. But on the other hand, I also, like, I listen to these songs that she writes Mm -hmm. about him. And, like, she met Joe right when I met John. So, like, all the lyrics are, like, so intertwined with our relationship. And I was saying to John, because, like, I I cried. Like, I actually cried hearing Mm -hmm. it, which was something I didn't expect to do. And he was like, why are you, like, let's talk about it. Why are you so upset about this? And I was like, I feel like her music got me to believe in love again because I thought I would never, like, settle down or be in a relationship until I met John. And it's like, their soundtrack, Falling in Love, was our soundtrack, Falling in Love. And I was just like, now I don't know if I believe in love at all anymore. (laughs) Yeah, but I also think just because, like, a relationship has ended Mm. doesn't mean that the love that they had during the best of times wasn't real. Exactly. And that that's something that as time has gone on and I'm being a little less dramatic and I'm also no longer on drugs and <laughs> thinking about this, but I'm just like, you know, like sometimes things just don't work out and it's okay. Like I know plenty of people who, you know, as they were in a relationship, I was like, yo, like, this is your guy, this is your girl, this is your person, whatever. And, like, looking back on it and, like, seeing how their lives turned out since, I'm actually like, you know, it really was for the best that that Mm kind of naturally ran ran its course. And instead of, like, holding on to something and trying to make it work, you just, like, let sleeping dogs lie, in Mm -hmm. in a sense. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but... I also, like, if you look at Taylor Swift's exes... Mm. I mean, there's some, <laughs> there's some, 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 cl- some rotten eggs in there. But Who she also doesn't has, have some rotten eggs in their basket, though. She's also grown up over time, so there's, and we've also witnessed like her growing up. She's grown up very publicly, and it wasn't mm-hmm. until Joe that she actually kind of learned like things do work better in private. Like they honestly do. Yeah, and I know there are some people that I've dated where I'm like. I hope nobody ever remembers that I dated that person. <laughs> like, you know? So. Yeah, that's fair. I, I don't know. know. But I, if you look at, like, Joe Jonas, she went from, like, talking shit about mm-hmm. him breaking up with her on a phone call. Now I buy to, their baby's presents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then, like, Harry Styles, like, standing up and clapping for him at God, award shows uh, when no one else is. Yeah. So I think... I think it's okay to realize you're not romantically compatible mm-hmm. with someone um, and have, like, a gentle exit with no hard feelings. Mm-hmm. But I do think people, like, I am not someone that could go straight into being their friend. Oh. I'm actually not friends with any exes. I have a very strict, like, friends after relationship policy. And the policy is we don't do it. Like, we mm-hmm. just, it's it's never worked. Like, you, you have no friends who, like, you used to date or nobody that you were involved with that... I don't, I don't even have that many relationships that lasted long enough, honestly, to, right. like, have a long string of exes. Like, yeah. it was, we didn't have a word for it, but it was a mm-hmm. lot more situationships, but... Yeah. Like, I went through one breakup, Mm -hmm. and you and I have talked about this, but I don't remember if it was on the podcast, but we met through a mutual friend, which Mm. is great because your friend has vetted this person. Yeah, you get, like, the pre-approval, like, not a weirdo stamp on their forehead. (laughs) But it puts them in a weird spot when you, if you break up. Yeah. So 
this mutual friend was hosting a house party. Mm -hmm. It was like we'd broken up kind of at the beginning of the summer. Mm -hmm. I did pull kind of a terrible move and I broke up with him three weeks before his birthday, but it was because he and his friends on his birthday. Well, and he and his friends were planning to go to this musical festival and it was like six weeks out. We didn't even have tickets. There was no plan. And it was causing me so much stress. Kelly, that is not a big deal. I had a guy break up with me on New Year's Eve at like eight o'clock. So it was too late to find other plans. But at the time I was like feeling all this stress, which was weird because I was someone that like packed up and went to Thailand for six weeks with two weeks notice. (laughs) So I was like, why am I, why do I care about this? And then I like sat down and thought about it. I was like, I think this relationship is just like maybe not not your thing. Not, we were very comfortable, mm. but I just I also like I didn't know how to ask for what I wanted. I didn't have the yeah. same communication skills I have now. Mm-hmm. I had a, I had a ways to go. Well, that's just how relationships are when you're younger. Mm-hmm. Like you aren't gonna pop into the dating world at like let's say sixteen and be amazing at it. Like. In order to get good at maintaining a relationship, whether it's with your family, your friends, or a partner, like, you have to royally fuck up a few times and make mm-hmm. a couple mistakes because that's that's how you learn. It's like yeah. riding a bike. So in this case, I would say the adjacent drama was actually even worse than the breakup, to be honest. Oh, no. So <laughs> we, yeah, we broke up towards the beginning of the summer. My friend was, our mutual friend was hosting a house party towards the end of the summer. Mm-hmm. And I brought a friend with me who was visiting from out of town and was like great I will have a buffer because this friend Perfect. doesn't know many people mm-hmm. like they're just gonna hang out with me all night this friend like she and I are on the stairs and like the ex walks in and she and maybe I should have prepped her or like shown her a picture but she turns to me and she's like who's that hottie and I was like yuck don't say just that immediate <laughs> cringe so we continue our way I gave an awkward wave like acknowledged right. acknowledge the ex go upstairs fill her in and she was like Oh, okay. So (laughs) I thought we were good. Um, A week goes by. This mutual friend has, like, another house party. My ex was there again, and he pulls me aside, and he was like, yeah, your friend, in, like, air quotes. Your friend? Has been sending me, like, suggestive photos on Snapchat. Oh, my God. (laughs) And here's the thing. She wasn't even single. (laughs) Girl, what are you doing? Yeah, I think Tighten up. Like, I think it was like a like an out of town like hall pass. I I don't know what was going on what? in her mind. Oh She's one of the friend breakups I've I've had. Well, it sounds like rightfully <laughs> so cuz like there is a there is a code. Well, and when your ex sits you down for a chat to tell you that this person is not worth being your friend. Yeah, telling you that your friend is crossing a boundary line. Like I give yeah. your ex a lot of credit because I feel like a lot of guys would have just been like cool. A picture of your friend's butt. I won the breakup. We're done. Yeah. So, like, I do give your ex a lot of credit for being like, hey, listen, I still care about you enough Mm -hmm. to be like, what the fuck? (laughs) And he and I ended up having a 45-minute conversation about all the things that we should have been talking about while we were dating if we wanted any Mm -hmm. chance of making it work. Mm Mm-hmm. But it felt like healthy closure, and, like, we've run into each other since then. And, and it's been fine. It's always fine. Yeah. See, I, like, I've never had... We also weren't in love. Oh, that's true. Well, okay, so... Like, uh... it was a six-month relationship. <laughs> I, like, I love big, and I love hard, and I also, like, I'm really good at hitting on people. I'm not going to lie to you, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> if I wanted you, I could have you. <laughs> but, like, 
I've, I've had a lot of relationships and I've had two very serious ones. Obviously the one that I am in right now. Uh, hi, John. We've been together five years. It's pretty serious, FYI. <laughs> we live together. You have four pets together. Four pets together. We're talking about buying like a house house. So like it's a big deal. Uh, and then I also had another relationship before him, which I was actually with the guy for almost as as long as I have been with John. I think me and I won't say his name mostly because I can't say it without spitting it. Um, <laughs> but I was with him for about four years. And I kind of like, I went through the thing where like we had been together so long that people just kind of expected that we would be together forever. And like when we ended, like ultimately we ended because we were getting close to graduating university. And I was kind of like, I just need to know what's going to happen next. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a planner. I need to know like what the next step of the plan is. And like, it was starting to freak me out. Like we're getting close to convocation. And I was like, are we going traveling? Are we going to dive right into work? Like, are we getting married? Are we moving in together? Like, I was just like, what is the next step? Because like, I feel like this chapter of our lives is ending. I'm ready to start something new. And he just kind of like out of nowhere was like, I don't want to do any of that with you. I like don't want to travel. I don't want to move in together. And he was just like, and I definitely don't want to get married because I don't think you are the type of girl that a person should marry. It was your champagne problems. It was my champagne problems. Yeah. So, and like, that was really devastating. And like, I would tell people, like, especially after the relationship and I started going to therapy, I would like tell my friends, like, I'm looking back on this relationship and I really don't think it was as healthy as I thought it was when I was in it like I was looking back on all this like problematic behavior um like he he was really into partying really into drinking and I always felt pressured to keep up and there were definitely times where I was just like I'm feeling really pressured into drinking because you almost like want me to calm down or something or like you want me either really riled up or really sedated for some reason like he wants your drunk personality not your which I'm not gonna lie I'm a goddamn delight when I'm drunk but it was just like really weird and I kept telling my friends like I just I don't think this was a good relationship I actually think it was really toxic and like at times and there were certain situations where it was definitely abusive but all my friends for the longest time especially like that core group of university friends they're just like no you guys are gonna get back together like you're gonna get back together and as they would say this to me I started noticing like they like I'm cutting him off because like it's a bad relationship and I don't feel good being his friend But I had a lot of people in my life at that time who insisted on remaining friends with him, Mm. despite like, and I won't get into like the long list of problematic behavior, mostly because I don't feel like traumatizing you right now (laughs) or listeners. But it was just like, I'm like, I am telling you, and this wasn't just like, I also don't need to hear you explain it to believe that it was terrible. (laughs) Thank you. There were people in my life who needed me to explain it. And I feel like I went through this whole thing where I was like, guys, can I get some validation that Mm -hmm. this is really fucked up? And it wasn't just like our university friends who we like made while we were there. It was like people who I've been friends with, like both of us have been friends with since high school. Like we met in high school. We had a lot of the same crowd. And like, Nobody seemed to believe me. And that in and of itself being told that, well, you're going to end back up with your, you know, with this toxic, toxic person, with this person who you feel abused you in some way. And I was just like, are you, you guys are supposed to be my friends and you won't like let this go, let him go. Yeah. And like I ended up because of that situation, I lost a lot of the people that I was really close with in university. And it's like still something that I, I think about these people almost every day. Like they were people who I thought would be friends for my entire life but 
at the end of the day, like people really showed their true colors in that situation. And there was even like a guy who I'm still really good friends with his sister. And like him and I were really, really close. I always thought he like kind of had a thing for me, but then I started dating his like friend first. So like obviously nothing was there and I didn't feel anything, but like we were really, really close. And one thing that used to drive me nuts is even after I was broken up with like my ex, he would like him and I would go out for coffee or we bump into each other at parties and see each other. And then he would like tell me things that my ex was up to. And, like, I started realizing, like, oh, I'm not just getting a report on my ex. My ex is getting a report on me. And it took me a really long time to be, like, to realize, like, oh, I shouldn't actually trust this person anymore. Like, mm-hmm. they are they are kind of sharing all my secrets. Like, and, of course, like, I'm, I used to be so, like, such good friends with this person. I'm, like, telling them every little detail about my life. Like, I told them when I started seeing John, new job, like, traveling here, moving there. And I was, like, ew, I don't want my ex knowing everything about me like that's just so gross and so weird and also why is this person like still acting like any day and this was like two years into my relationship with John Mm -hmm. so like quite a time bit of time had passed and I was like why is this person still acting like I'm just gonna get back with my ex out of nowhere like why haven't they given up that dream but then I also like not to like rant at length about my own personal (laughs) experience but I've definitely been the person who when a significant relationship ended with one of my friends I was just like, oh, no, like you yeah. guys are so good. Have you ever had that with like a friend's boyfriend? I think I was always like almost like toxically rooting for my friend. <laughs> like, like looking back, there are definitely some elements of toxic positivity. But mm-hmm. like, I also haven't had an epic love story of my own. So not yet. You might. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> Eventually. Maybe. If my if mom is listening, she's hoping so. <laughs> Listen, if it's something you really want, you're going to get it. That's inevitable. Yeah, but I think it goes back to, like, the life lesson from Mama Chomik is if it's not a heck yes or it's a, it's a no. Yeah, it's a hell no then, you know. So, like, why prolong something? And obviously, like, looking back, I also just didn't know how to work at things mm-hmm. or didn't have any um, skills at kind of putting in the effort. Yeah. But I saw this, my friend sent me this post the other day that is like, a good friend, when you announce you've broken up with a shitty ex, will be like, oh, is it okay if I say mean things about him now? Whereas your best friend will be like, fucking finally, I told you so. I'm going to bring you wine and snacks, but I told you so. Well, and that's the thing. Like, my real friends, when I broke up, or when that guy and I broke up, by the way, he was also the person, the first time he dumped me was on New Year's Eve. So, yeah, Mm. I got back with that guy. But, like, I feel like when I got back together with him, that was when I started noticing that my friends seemed to have a, like, my true friends. And shout out Emily and Lauren right here. (laughs) Shout out! Um, They were the ones who, like, really helped me survive it. And they were, they seemed to have a lot less less to say that was positive after that happened and then when we finally were done for good they Mm -hmm. were just like listen we had like a laundry list of shit that we were keeping track of because we did not like how he was treating you we didn't like like this behavior like they were the ones who knew it was a toxic relationship and like I get it you don't always how do you bring that up to a friend when they're still dating someone you know I also think that your real friends your feral friends. I love feral friends. <laughs> want you to be with the person that brings out the best in you and makes you the happiest. Mm-hmm. So if you're actively telling people that this person was awful to you and they're like, no, you'll get back together. It's no, like, do are... they know you at all? <laughs> yeah, like, no. Yeah. And like, looking back on it, a lot of the people who told me that, like, I don't, I don't miss them. 
you know, now that they're gone, like, yeah, there there are some people from that friend group where I'm like, God, I would kill to have like one more day having a beer together, hanging out at the beach or like whatever. But there are a lot of people, especially the ones who were so dismissive that mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay, well, sayonara. Like that was you showing your true colors. Yeah. I tell you, so I was scrolling through Instagram the other day and uh, my friend Holly, hi, Holly, shout out. Um, <laughs> one of her friends is going through a divorce right now, which A, freaks me out because it's like, God, I don't feel old enough for people I know to be like getting divorced. But one of her friends is going through a divorce and I'm loving the way that she's handling it. They threw him a, we never liked him anyway party (laughs) and I was like looking at the photos and like her friend is looking fabulous and looking so loved and they like got her a cake and like everything's all decorated and it's like congratulations to you you outgrew him like on to the next thing and I was like that is such a lovely way to handle a breakup just unyielding support what and like it made me think back to like the times when friends of mine have gone through breakups and I'm like, I wish I had done something like this for them then because like looking back, I'm like, it really was for the best. But also when that was happening, I wasn't old enough to under like have the emotional capacity, but a really good friend of mine. So she dated her high school boyfriend. Like she was like me. She's a relationship person. She loves being in a relationship. I love a good relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and she like dated her high school boyfriend. Like she didn't go to school with us, but like she kind of hung around with like the same crew. So we were always see her at parties and like her and her boyfriend together were just like a movie couple. Like they were both so charismatic and like hilarious and funny like exactly the type of friends you want in your early 20s just like super Mm -hmm. goofy super fun and they were always doing like really grand gestures of love to each other and like it was the same thing when they broke up I just was like I can't believe you guys broke up like I really thought you guys would be together forever Mm -hmm. and I think part of it too was I was still like trying to figure out what what love looked like in a long-term relationship. Mm. And there weren't very many people back at that age who had been going out with someone for more than like a year. And I think, I want to say they dated for like three years, maybe four, but like quite a long time. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember like after they broke up, it was like we all just kept hanging out like nothing was wrong. And it was the most awkward thing that I think – I've ever been a part of like we kept so the basic crew was like me and my ex her and her ex and I'm still friends with her like to this Mm -hmm. day and then like whatever crowd of random uni friends or like our boyfriend's friends like whoever was there that weekend but they're usually about like five or six people and we just like never stopped inviting him to things but I think that's because with breakups whether it's your own or like Mm -hmm. someone adjacent to you yeah the worst part about breakups is like reconfiguring your schedule and that loss of familiarity yeah yeah and like one thing that really like looking back on it now I almost feel guilty because I'm like how awkward was it for her Mm -hmm. Because we, like, just kept inviting him to things because it was, like, he was a core part of the group. And I didn't check in as much as I, like, now know I should have. And, like, I could tell she felt awkward, but she, like, almost seemed to, like, enjoy that he was there, too. And they did, like, honestly, I'm pretty sure they were, like, off and on and just, like, not telling people to avoid drama and, like, hooking up or, like, whatever. So I'm, like maybe there was a reason subconsciously why I was doing it but I think that's just me trying to justify it looking back on it now I'm like god like just don't send the RSVP like what the fuck is wrong with you Lisa like on the topic of like maintaining some friendships through a breakup Mm -hmm. so I actually went on a double date once Mm -hmm. and then like that relationship didn't make up 
mm-hmm. or didn't make it. Yeah. And then I I spent a couple years taking pole dance classes. Hell yeah. And Let's I walked go. into a practice session one day and this girl was like, Kelly. And I was like, oh my goodness. So it was the girl that had been on the double date. Yo. <laughs> and at that time, Whoa. she was still with her boyfriend, but he's now her ex. So we like to say that we became friends on a double date and none of those men are in the picture anymore. Yes. Oh, my God. I I love that. But, like, it's funny how you just, like, end up connecting with some people over others. And, like, again, it all comes back to, like, some things just aren't supposed to work out. And you still walk away with something valuable. Like, looking back on my relationship with my ex, like, yeah, it sucked. A lot of the time it sucked. It felt really shitty when it ended. But I think, like, it really taught me a lesson on, like, how I don't want to be treated. And it really increased my standards. Like, when I started going out with him, I was still a kid. I was 17 when I started going out with him. And I was 23 when we broke up. Like, those are vastly different life stages. And Mm. I'm literally just realizing right now, like, his behavior and his attitude towards life hadn't changed in all those years and hadn't evolved. And I think that was a large reason why, like, it never would have worked because, Mm. like, I was just in a different headspace than he was. But I'm happy it happened. Like, I don't regret it, but... That actually reminded me. I had a shower epiphany today. Ooh, I love those. So I was thinking about... Because we had been texting about what we were going to talk about today. (laughs) Kelly and I are constantly texting. Like, (laughs) honestly, there have been a few times where I'm like, I know we're recording, but maybe I'll just sneakily text you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I was thinking about the fact that like a lot of people talk about breakups as like seeing someone in a new light or Mm -hmm. them showing you behavior that you hadn't seen before or just taking off those rose colored glasses. Mm-hmm. I was screaming Taylor Swift this afternoon, and my voice is fading on me. Oh, I'm, I'm always um, screaming Taylor Swift. If I'm not texting you, I'm screaming Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, what I was thinking of, and this happens with friendships too, is yeah. that it's not always necessarily that like one or both of you has changed that might Mm. cause a breakup Mm -hmm. and it's not the change that causes the breakup it's that if you didn't change at the same speed Mm -hmm. you might be dating a completely different person than the person you started dating absolutely and like change can be good like Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be a bad thing but there might be a disconnect so Mm -hmm. if you're changing in different trajectories or different speeds Mm -hmm. Like, I think those are the breakups that are kind of, like, inevitable, amicable. Like, you have a chance of being friends because Mm -hmm. you can still respect that versions of yourselves loved each other. Yeah. But I think when each of you has moved into a different era, like, Mm -hmm. it almost makes sense to shake up up the cast for that season of your life. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Well, like... I don't know. I, it's so funny because I'm like, I'm really sitting here as I'm listening to you talk. I'm like, am I really like just zero contact with every single person that I dated? And I was like, is that healthy? Like, but I also feel like, like you said, you grow at different paces and mm-hmm. what's meant for you stays and what's meant for what's not meant for you just goes. And yeah. that that's the reality of the situation. And like thinking about other other people that I've dated, um, you know what? There is one person <laughs> I'm actually still in contact with, but it's the only woman I've ever dated. Ooh. So maybe that has something to do with that. But yeah, she was a sibling of a person that I was very, very close with right mm-hmm. after I kind of went through this whole breakup. And I ended up kind of... Your first big breakup. My first big breakup. And yeah, and I also didn't know then either that I was... Well, I, I knew, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to do anything about being bi or pan or like however you want to say it. I don't really care about labels. I like everybody. Um, 
but yeah, she's she's the only person that like we aren't close anymore and we don't really talk, but she's also somebody who I know right now if I took out my phone and called her, she would pick up mm-hmm. like without a doubt, whereas I can't say that about any other person. So I wonder if that has something to do with it. Like, do you think it's cuz you I'm trying to ask a question without making assumptions. So I'll mm-hmm. ask a question. Did you build a friendship because you were in denial about romantic potential? So I knew when I met her, like from the moment I first saw her, I was like, she is just like a beautiful, beautiful person. Like, my God. And then like, I kind of, we got to know each other over the course of a few years and somewhere between like our first summer being friends and like that Christmas, I kind of realized like, okay, like I am actually in love with this person. And I ended up telling her and like, she, like I, I knew, like I've known since I was like, I don't know seven years old, eight years old, that I, I like everybody. I'm not picky. What was your awakening? Jasmine from Aladdin. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's everybody's, but, um, yeah, I remember just being like, I'm in love with her. And I, I didn't know if she had feelings for for me back at all. Mm -hmm. And I ended up just like, um, I think we, we had been out partying all night and we were like hanging out downtown somewhere. And I kind of just like did that thing where you're like drunkenly kissing your friends, but it mm-hmm. was like, it wasn't a just for fun kiss. Like I knew it was real. And then, sorry, mom. I've actually, no, not sorry, mom. Sorry. If you're approved, get the hell off this podcast. <laughs> I, no, if you're approved, just hit that 30 second skip. <laughs> if, yeah. Well, I basically I kissed her and like, you know, you like kiss your friends, whatever, just for fun. I, I don't know if this is an experience you're really to at all no (laughs) I I have like once or twice but then I (laughs) I realized that it was for attention like for the male gaze Mm. and that that felt problematic to me yeah so I I try not to kiss people if I I either need to like mean it romantically or it needs to be like figuring out if there is romantic spark when I was doing the whole like I know I want to date a woman but I I don't know how to do it like I was still in that phase of like how do I make this work because obviously you walk up to a guy and kiss him and it's done like Mm -hmm. that it's over whereas with a woman like there's a lot more upfront emotional feelings that you need to delve into not just because not just because women are emotional but because like being gay is a it's a big deal for Mm -hmm. for a lot of people especially like at the time she didn't know she didn't understand but when I kissed her like just playfully while we were I'm pretty sure we were drunk she kissed me back and uh like we ended up not working out because she wasn't ready to come out and like that is a totally valid reason and I I don't know to this day if she's still in the closet fully or she's just out to like people who she's a little closer to or either way Mm -hmm. it's not my business but Mm -hmm. I think it's just interesting that the only person that I'm like I would call you up right now and be like hey I'm I'm in BC like let's hang out (laughs) you know so I, I don't know it's I think she's my only friend though friend post break post breakup but even then it it wasn't a true relationship it was a please come with me on this adventure and she said no yeah yeah and for me like the only time I've thought maybe that Mm -hmm. a situationship could be resurrected and have just like Mm -hmm. plain old friendship potential because that's Mm -hmm. how we started yeah is the topic of our episode one, our dick fakes episode. Oh, this dweeb. So oh, I hate this guy. We've all heard how <laughs> terribly that went. But, like, looking back, I'm like, there was a point in time where when we were friends, mm-hmm. and I've stopped gaslighting myself into, like, thinking that that, mm-hmm. like, 
didn't mean anything, but I'm like, that doesn't mean that I have to give him any benefit of the doubt now. No, and it's, uh, I think it is harder to not be friends with someone after a romantic relationship when you've been friends first. Um, I'm also just like a very curious person, so I always have a lot of questions. You've, you've heard. Oh you've my been, god. You've gotten a lot directed did at I, you. Did I tell you I did the bad thing that you're not supposed to do from <laughs> our Bad at Boundaries account? So, okay, I have my ex blocked on, like, literally everything. Like, I literally have his IP address blocked. Like, he cannot look at <laughs> I any I didn't even of my know shit. you could do that. You can do it on using certain plugins, which I will not say because there is a workaround to undo it, so I'm not giving him any information if he ever finds this. But, like, I have him blocked, blocked, blocked on everything. But when I was, you know, starting the Bad at Boundaries Instagram account, of course, I'm like going through, I'm like, follow this person, follow that person. And it does that thing where it's like, hey, you follow all these people in common. Like, I bet you know this person. And out of nowhere, it was just like smack dab. Here's my ex. Not only did you tell me this, we scrolled his account together. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I literally just like I did the bad thing. And I was like, I know nothing good is going to come from this. From looking at this and it's just going to make me feel sad and think about who I was, who I used to be, like why things didn't work. And I did it anyway. Like I did it anyway. And it, I was right. It didn't feel good. It didn't feel good to see him like not completely devastated <laughs> about that. And maybe that's why I can't be friends with people after a breakup because I need to know that the loss of my presence completely destroyed your life. <laughs> I, <laughs> maybe that's yeah. on me. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's also, like, if you're struggling to, like, adapt to your new normal, yeah, you want to see evidence. But, like, mm. people aren't going to put that on their social media. No. Like, it's, it's a highlight reel a lot of the time. And it makes me feel good. I just don't – I feel like I'm too petty to be friends with people. I'm interested – to bring this back to Taylor Swift, because we do need to draw the line here somewhere. I – can I tell you my theory – Mm-hmm. Can I just tell you it? I feel like Joe Alwyn is a very private person. And he met Taylor in a period of her life when she was learning how to be a private person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like she post-reputation era, like she was basically kicked out of America by Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. And she went back to England. And we, we all have heard the theories about how she had an affair with Joe. And I feel like she kind of just retreated there and picked up where they left off. And I think then the pandemic hit. So they were kind of in isolation. And I think that was really good for her. Mm-hmm. But I think at the end of the day, like, Joe is a private person. How does that work when you're dating one of the most famous women in America? Especially someone who is on a Who's on a world tour. Not an international (laughs) tour yet, but we're Uh, hoping. Yeah, but, like, somebody who, like, literally, I feel like Taylor is coming back to reclaim her crown Mm -hmm. as pop royalty. Are you watching Eras tour clips, or are you avoiding them? I watched the first ones, and I can't watch them because they make me sad. (laughs) I've. I've been watching them all. Oh, Kelly, you're torturing yourself. Well, I've seen her in concert before, so I already knew what I was missing. Like, I went to the Red and 1989 tours. I've never been able to get tickets, and it's one of the biggest disappointments of my life. Like, I don't know. And she puts on a show. Mm -hmm. Um, It's all, she literally is a mastermind. It's all perfectly orchestrated, and... But I also think that, like, she's also just human. And Mm. I think what we're seeing is in 2020, Mm -hmm. a lot of relationships when 
yeah. essentially all outside distractions were removed. Yeah. So if your relationship wasn't healthy, like you could not avoid dealing with it. Oh yeah. So some people like made <laughs> talk it to through. me and John. Like we had yeah. to address a lot of like stagnant leftover issues because yeah. we moved in together and a week later the pandemic started so it's like okay <laughs> you know dust off your boots buddy we're going to work <laughs> here we go like yeah. yeah you can't go into work yes. you can't go like do your activities two years of we're gonna work on our relationship <laughs> like yeah. that was our vibe yeah so there's a lot of people like some people made it some mm-hmm. people didn't but I almost feel like we're going through this again where like I when we talked about our friend breakups like yeah. one of those was because we hadn't really had a friendship where we yeah. could, were actually allowed to hang out in real life yeah um so then like when all you have is pen pals yeah. it's easy to get along with a lot of people mm-hmm. but then when you're in person and you're seeing like more body language I think there's like a lot more information you can pick up on mm-hmm. And also just, like, level of, like, just personality compatibility. Yeah. Like, I think communicating over text can soften Mm -hmm. a lot of people's personality quirks. Mm -hmm. And I think it's okay to be different. I think it's, like, people of all along the introvert-extrovert spectrum can get along fine. Mm -hmm. But if the frequency of how often you like to hang out with people doesn't match with the other person, then it gets really, really hard. And we were talking about this today. Like, I will fully own that if I'm stressed out, I have a lot going on. Like, I have Mm -hmm. a tendency to have, like, a bit of an avoidant attachment style. Yeah, me too. Where if people are like, let's hang out, let's do things, I'm just like, nope. I I want to just, like, crawl into a turtle shell. Yeah, well, like, agree with everything Mm -hmm. you're saying. I think... I think for a lot of people, like, the pandemic really made us all be like, okay, kid, what are you made of? And mm-hmm. it, it was a really isolated, lonely time for myself and for many people. I know even in my own current relationship, there were days where I felt really isolated. Like, John is a first responder. He's a paramedic. Mm-hmm. So there were times when, like, even though everyone else we knew was able to go out and kind of resume reality because of his career, like we were so constantly exposed to COVID that for other people's protection, especially like pre-vaccine, like that Mm -hmm. first summer before everyone got vaccinated and people were like, fuck, it's summer. Let's just get outside and do X, Y, Z. I'm like, well, like John's working on a COVID transport truck right Mm -hmm. now. He literally was around the virus like all day. Yeah. I guess I'll stay home. And like, there were lots of feelings of like, I don't want to call it resentment because it was more, it wasn't resentment at him. Mm-hmm. It was more like hating the situation and like yeah, seeing how that impacted him. And yeah, and I feel like not to like bring it back to Taylor, but let's face it, this podcast is all about <laughs> Taylor at this point. But I feel like, yeah, that's kind of what happened with her. It's like she got her first taste of like normal life, like away from everything, away from being recognized. Like I can only imagine what a relief it was to like the first little bit when people are still being good and wearing masks when they went out. Like she mm-hmm. could actually like go to the grocery store And, like, she had this whole taste of, like, normal life and, Mm -hmm. like, Mr. and Mrs. Smith-esque life where you are anonymous and you can do whatever you want. And, like, I like to think that for all of us that's enough, but I know Mm -hmm. it's not. I know, and especially for someone who has an art that needs to be shared with the world, which that's her songwriting. Like, you can't Mm -hmm. argue that the way she connects with people. Like, she has a gift and she's being called to, like, give Mm -hmm. it to us. And I feel like... Part of that is she has to sacrifice her own personal life. So, like, 
not to put her on the cross or anything right yeah. now, but like, I feel like I just, that's my theory. Regardless, I'm really looking forward to the album. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to butcher, I'm going to skip the first half of the lyric because I can't, can't remember how it goes, but. What song? What song? What song? Hoax. Um, but oh. the second half of the line is, if I can never give you peace. It's yeah. something like, Would it be enough if I could never give you peace? Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's, I think, where we've gotten to. And I think mm-hmm. I think just owning who you are, mm-hmm. what your capabilities are, and just, like, knowing mm-hmm. what the potential is. So, we'll see. So, <laughs> to draw the line... <laughs> We're both so sad right now. This is, like, uh, this is our tribute to you, Taylor, if you ever hear this. We love you. We're yeah. with you. <laughs> you can come drink wine on my couch whenever you want. My door to. is open. Yeah. I have cats. <laughs> no, so like on the one hand, I do always feel a little icky speculating on celebrity lives. But I do too. I do too. I also think this is someone who has chosen to put herself out there publicly and that comes with like levels of risks Mm -hmm. um and extra layers of complication in relationships yeah and I could never do it but I appreciate that she does and then gives us the stories it it takes a tough person well and also that's what her art is about she is vulnerable with her fans through her art through her song lyrics so like of course all of us are seeing you know we've all heard the lyrics to mastermind to paper rings to to hoax like Mm-hmm. We all know how much this meant to her. So I'd like, it is a parasocial relationship. I know she has no clue who I am. She probably never will. God, I hope that's not true. <laughs> but like, you know, I almost feel like, yeah, it feels icky. But I'm also, for me, it's coming from a place of like, listen, I feel like I understand you. And I really empathize with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm not speculating to be like a dick about it. <laughs> Frankly, mm-hmm. I'm just speculating because I'm like, I want to understand. And in a weird way, I want to help. Yeah, I can't though. Okay, I think we need to draw the line there. Sorry for speculating about your personal life, Taylor. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to plug? I think just the usuals. Follow us on social media at Bad at Boundaries. Email us your story submissions. So if you sat through this episode yeah. about breakups <laughs> and can you be friends after a breakup, we want to hear them. I want to hear the story about, like, your worst breakup. And that it could be, like the messiest it could be the funniest it could be the I'm so glad this broke me because I managed to fix myself in a way that was way better than before I love a good messy breakup story share them with (laughs) us up there yeah Instagram TikTok you can follow me on TikTok at littlest beer and Kelly you're on everything at mine is first name dot last name so Kelly dot McGillis yeah buy our merch it's up there for a reason (laughs) (laughs) um And I think that's where we draw the line. Yep, let's draw the line. Bad at Boundaries is a podcast created by Lisa Hennig and Kelly McGillis. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Bad at Boundaries. Thanks for listening.